It's another week. It's another week in sports, and it's another week of the Bovada at Odds podcast. I'm Seth Everett. He is the head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com, Patrick Morrow. Patrick, did you know that uh, one of my fantasy jobs is I want to be the uniform police? Oh, my God. I think it would be so much fun. Uniform police. NBA teams have to wear white at home. NFL teams have to wear dark at home. I would make all these rules. I would I would do all of it. I think that you need better fantasies. This is crazy. No, it's a, it's it's one of my fantasy jobs. I want to be the uniform police. Um okay. what did you make of the Detroit Lions retro forward city connect wacko uniform? Well, I mean, you kind of painted it there cuz you called it like a wacko uniform at the it's end true. there. So we already know how you feel about it. I didn't but, do a uh, good job, yeah. Yeah. Wow, wow. Uh, I thought they were okay. I liked uh, I, I liked the helmet a lot more. I liked the lion going across the two bars. I thought the color blue they used was nice. Um, the gray on the jerseys itself, like yeah, a little futuristic, but they they were largely inoffensive. They kind of, you know, the the blue and the gray that historically of the Detroit Lion color were still kind of prominent there. So I, I thought they were fine, but I, I got to be honest. Because the Lions were my very last, only remaining survivor team left, I think I was just a little too preoccupied with the action on the field. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, you know, I will say uh, going in, you know, the elite teams in the NFL, there are questions about just how good they are. The Philadelphia Eagles, for example, the San Francisco 49ers are another example. These are the elite in the NFC, and I'm not sold. I'm not sold on the Kansas City Chiefs when they go into Denver and get slapped around. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes had the flu, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know. You, you can't keep him out? I don't know. Do, is their backup quarterback such a downgrade? Remember last year I, when he got hurt I, and the, the backup quarterback threw a touchdown pass? Like, yeah, but I mean, he was I, off. I don't he, know. he was off, and it set them on a bad spiral. I, yeah, what are, what are you going to do? It's the flu. It's uh, freezing temperatures in Denver, which is, you know, if you're under the weather, that's always uh, a really tough place to play. I mean, uh, I forget his last name, but the Steelers uh, defensive back uh, going back 10, 15 years uh, had to skip a playoff game against the Broncos because of a sickle cell uh, disorder. And that was where Tebow and uh, the Broncos in that really silly season ended up winning a playoff game on a deep pass that probably that DB would have picked up. But um, you know, it, it's 80% of Patrick Mahomes, 60% of Patrick Mahomes is still probably going to be better than any backup QB you're putting out there. As bad as you Denver really believe is. That, though? I, see, I, see, sometimes, absolutely. sometimes it's heroic. Sometimes it's foolish. Yeah, but it's not like you're playing on like a bad ankle where you can get uh, even more hurt out there. Like he's, he wasn't going to come out of Denver with even more flu. Uh, I hope, I hope being on the, being exposed to the elements that uh, long didn't uh, curtail him too. But I, I think if, if he can play, then he's the guy you got to put out there. If there's no future risk uh, to any kind of added injury. So um, yeah, you know, and it's, you know, yeah, he, he looked bad. He didn't look himself. Uh, the Broncos defense had their, best defensive performance of the year which in a small sample size season we're always wondering okay is this who they actually are now or is what they were before who they actually are i'm you know doing a terrible dennis green uh, impersonation here but uh, that's kind of where my mind's at but Mm. i 
All, all I got to say is I hope he gets better. That worked out really, really well for us. Uh, the Broncos winning that outright uh, cut through a string of favorites, just crushing us across the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. So, um, but yeah, I, I your, your overall point, though, is that, you know, yeah, this league is incredibly wide open right now. Right. 49ers uh, continue to have questions to ask themselves. I, I know they're banged up. I know Purdy's playing a little bit hurt. Somehow came through the concussion protocol going into last weekend. Uh, the Chiefs have been a little inconsistent. Obviously, Mahomes under the weather. The Eagles have some defensive issues. They've they've pulled out some wins. You know, they it's been close. So you can give them uh, some grittiness points. Uh, not necessarily gritty points, although that does jive with the city. But uh, you know, uh-huh. the Dolphins. The Dolphins are awesome. The Dolphins are off offensively. Offensively, they're awesome. Defensively, they have a lot of holes, a lot of weaknesses, and a lot of a lot of weaknesses. So I, I think you know, and, and there's no surprise that all the teams we've talked about are some of the best coach teams in the league as well. So these are the teams that probably are the best suited to tidy up some of these weaknesses. And then I do think everyone else. I know Dallas is close in the futures odds right now. They're right there with Miami, but I do think those four teams with maybe a Baltimore, but probably not. I think those four teams are still on their own tier. Even yeah, but if a couple of plays and the Eagles open. and the, a couple of plays and the Eagles lose to the commanders. Now you're going in. Yeah. Dallas is obliterated uh, the Rams, right? Dallas yeah. goes to Philadelphia. To me, that game is must watch. Absolutely. And I think um, what continues to put Dallas on uh, a tier below for me is regardless of the talent they have uh, I'm just not a Mike McCarthy guy Mike McCarthy is a good prep guy during the week he's a good ex-nose guy um, I think I I feel that he constantly in the past finds himself just overmatched in games especially against better coaches when he needs to make the right decision he's a little too cagey a little too conservative and otherwise, I think the in-game management is just not up on the level of Nick Sirianni. So I, I think the Eagles still hold an edge there. Uh, I think the talent maybe on Dallas's side might be a little bit better, but how Philadelphia uses the talent they have uh, should be the edge for them. But it's the NFL. It's close. Uh, whenever these two teams play, the spread usually doesn't uh, venture too far away from a field goal. So uh, yeah, should should be great, uh, and and this is great is. for the league that uh, no one is running away with it. I think every single week we've come away with okay, who's the best team in the league, and we've had hit the reset button every week. That's good yeah. for ratings, that's good for uh, fans, and that's good for the sports book because players don't uh, well, know exactly where they want to be lining up their money each week. Right, exactly, exactly, and that's what we love. We love collision of opinions. We don't want everyone ganging up on one side. We want uh, the money sprinkled all over the board, and then. We'll humbly take our 5% on each bet, and hopefully uh, the ball just bounces the right way more often than not. But, yeah, this kind of confusion, uh, it's its definitely good for us, but its it's been a fun season so far. It makes for better watching, better betting, better everything. Um, what happens to the sports book and the futures odds when James Harden finally gets his wish? The miserable crybaby uh, got traded to the Clippers. Miserable crybaby um what he's not yeah, it's crazy to th- no no I, I i think you're all right i think uh we went harsh with him we went harsh with him there but i think uh that that falls into the harsh but fair category um yeah finally got his way um the situation with him and daryl morey appeared to be pretty untenable which is kind of a shame i like daryl morey but uh you know i at least i historically like daryl morey just because he was so prominent in bringing analytics and you know forward thinking uh you know mathematical 
thought to uh, uh, not just NBA, but I think broadly in sports with what they did with that MIT uh, Sloan Analytics Conference that ESPN uh, sponsored as well. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at Harden, it's he's just he's such not he's such an unsympathetic character because of how he carries himself, but also because of how he plays basketball. I know it's effective, but so much of his value is in his ability to initiate contact and draw fouls. And it's just, it's such an unsexy part of the game. So, you know, even if he wasn't a moper, which he is, even if he he's wasn't a moper, uh, yeah, yeah, moper maybe, that's a better than crybaby. He, he's a, yeah, he's, he's a moper. He's a, a cancer to teammates. He's, he's really, really good I didn't at say cancer. But... I didn't say cancer. All right. Didn't well. he get traded to the Sixers because of Daryl Morey? Uh, Daryl Morey, the guy who 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 cost the NBA billions with his uh, tweets about China. Hey, I you know what? That's I I still like Morey for that. That's that's that was okay. Sure, it cost the NBA money. I think he's still on the right side of what he was saying, and uh, you know, oh, I, I know I'm, but it yeah. still had I, then a ripple. Cost him a job. Yeah, yeah, it cost him his job. Yeah, I had a massive ripple effect. But I mean, you know, I look at, you know, Daryl Morey was commenting on Hong Kong. And then I look at the other side of that. And LeBron John, LeBron James was trying to chastise Daryl Morey about Hong Kong. And I'm just like, ah, OK, like I, I know who I like in this interaction. And which by no means that that doesn't paint me into a corner for one versus the other. I love LeBron James for a lot of stuff. I don't like Daryl Morey for some of the decisions he's made in the past as well. Not everything's binary, but yeah, the uh, you know he he put his uh, a good part of his professional career on the line and how he was viewed uh, because he could have been blackballed by a lot of owners in the league because of how much money that ended up costing the NBA over a short period of time there. So yeah, not a lot of sympathetic characters there, but yeah, an early NBA storyline. Looking at the futures board, uh, you know, gives a little bit of a bump to the Clippers in terms of uh, their expectations this year. But uh, you know, a team like the Clippers wasn't expected to be one of our top two or three teams anyway. So. The needle hasn't moved that much. Uh, they're still sitting there at roughly 12 to 1 right now. They were 15 to 1 before the trade. So a little bit of movement. Meanwhile, you can talk about good guys in the NBA. Yada Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, did a press conference after a Bucks win in a full Hulk costume for Halloween. His kids were in the back of the room and they loved every second of it he wore the hulk mask and talked about the game and i <laughs> i can watch that over and over and over again it made me crack up now and i mean uh, that, that's a great segue actually because you know we just talked uh we, well we just savaged uh james harden a little bit there but yeah you see what i did awesome. there that I mean, was that was a strategic method there to I, it's it's like you've been doing this for a few years or so uh you know you're you're pretty good at this if only you're editing, though. No, I'm kidding. You're only pretty good at that, too. <laughs> if only the editing. We'll get that in editing. Um, no, Gian- Giannis is awesome. That's cool. He's, uh, you know, a- a- as a nice palate cleanser, that-, that he really is one of the fun guys in the league to cheer for. How much he seems to enjoy the game, uh, how accessible he is, uh, how funny he is with, uh, you know, not just uh, the Halloween stuff yesterday. He's good with kids. He's He's a guy who is very much just excited to be doing what he's doing and wants to be hopefully the greatest at it. Uh, he's got a lot of competition in the league, uh, this top heavy, but uh, nah, he he's awesome. He's he's one of the good guys. He's one of the stories you root for. Good for him getting that uh, ex- extension that he just did. And uh, I do hope uh, 
he and the Bucks uh, are continue to be a good story, anyways, in the NBA for years to come. Have you been watching hockey? I'm trying, but uh, I, there is there's too much going on right now. I'm, I'm keeping you? an eye on, yeah, I'll, a lot of American football, a lot of you know the college is starting next week. The college hoops is starting next week. Yeah, but uh, I've watched a little bit of hockey. Heritage Classic was really nice. That was beautiful to see. That was cool. That was that was very cool. That, that looked great. Uh, outdoor games I love. And uh, I still I, haven't been. I still haven't been. Yeah, I've been to one. I was at the. Uh, no, I've been to two. I've been to two. Um, the The first one I was at, I was at the Winter Classic. I think it was the second ever Winter Classic. It was at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia in 2011. And I had just finished working for the Phillies that season. And I remember going to that game and I was standing in one of the booths and Roy Halladay came out and threw the first pitch. Like they, they made it, they made a amazing presentation and it was the Rangers against the Flyers. And someone comes up to me and goes, who do you like in this game? And I go, I'm hoping for a scoreless tie and three broken ankles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Roy Halladay. That's, I, you know, I I think about it every now and again, you know, Joe Carter is probably number one, but I think Roy Halladay is my second favorite Blue Jay of all time. Uh, And he, and he maybe just nudges and he was, just so so like nobody was happier for me when he went to the playoffs uh with the Phillies after all the years just you know, I don't want to say wasted in Toronto because we loved him we we supported him we thought he was great we thought he was amazing and um yeah he he was just that that cutter of his like it's it's not a Mariano Rivera one but that cutter and that two seam fastball just punched out so many people at yeah I, I was happy that he was able to get a little bit more success in Philly after he left Toronto yeah, I thought it was really cool, and I remember what Roy Halladay said when he got traded and how he wanted to spend his whole life as a Toronto Blue Jay, but he knew that his years were limited and that he knew this was the best chance to win, and winning, he had to experience winning, and uh, he he always loved the Blue Jays, and uh, yeah, boy, talk about a tangent. Um the uh, the other outdoor game I went to was at Yankee Stadium. Your attention, please, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium. Uh, I went to uh, Devils Rangers, and Martin Brodeur, as amazing a career, like arguably the greatest goalie of all time, he did not like playing outside. He couldn't see, and the Devils lost like seven four. Hmm. And I remember like all the hype about it and the crowd, you know, it was like 50,000 people at Yankee stadium. And like, they were deflated after one period. It was like, it was weird. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's funny. Cause now that you mentioned that uh, there has been a lot of variance um, in these outdoor games, there's been, you know, absolutely sloppy uh, low scoring games. And then ones where, due to uh you know poor lighting or curious lighting or frustrating lighting in martin broder's case uh a lot of goals uh just flying through so yeah i've we post these so often that it'd be hard to make meaning out of uh the data from such a small sample size but it it would be curious to see the various handicapping angles like uh you know do hotter days does more sunlight uh 
equal more goal scoring opportunities because that's messing with the goalies more do cloudy days uh how do they impact the over under because we never really get to yeah, uh, yeah. apply weather to the handicapping model of ice hockey uh usually we're pretty climate controlled you know there's some of those florida rinks sometimes where i've heard in the past that uh the ice can be a little bit sloppy but generally speaking uh everything is pretty well controlled but yeah it's just another interesting angle that you can use to uh, bet into these games there's um there, there's definitely it, it should be a a factor you know what i mean like it, it should be um thought of because yeah you're right remember the lake tahoe game they were supposed to play in the afternoon they couldn't so they waited till the nighttime to play it that was during the COVID yeah, exactly. year. Yeah. And just playing that at night versus during the day would have had a, you know, a change in how the players. Exponentially, right. Yeah. I remember the Yankee Stadium game was freezing. It was freezing, but it was sunny. And, you know, don't forget that was 10 years ago. You know, it could be maybe more than 10 years ago. And the reality is, is they've learned since then. So, like, what you saw this week in the Heritage Classic was a perfected, you know, mechanism. Like, they know how to do this now. The The Devils are playing the Philadelphia Flyers at MetLife Stadium, and it's at night. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to have so much fun. I'm jealous. I'm just reminded of the first time the NHL did uh, the three-on-three uh, tournaments during the All-Star Games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the very first year um, that odds makers tried to post over-unders for that, uh, they were so off on the totals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they we were, I think we were off by roughly six or seven goals per each game uh, until we figured no way, out what really? was happening and, and just how little defense was going to be played and, you know, how, you know, just it was two on O on two on O on two on O. And I think, you know, I think we opened up the over under for a lot of those games, like 10 and a half and the average scoring was like 16, 17 goals. So um, yeah, j- just another example when we have to price something for the very first time. And I think, you know, these outdoor games aren't in the very first time, but uh, yeah, it, it goes to show that we're probably pretty inexperienced at, put it, at getting the stuff. So I would say uh, for this next outdoor game, uh, you know, probably keep an eye on the weather, you know, mosey on over to bovada check out some of those player props for the game and i can guarantee there's going to be value on at least a handful of them all right let's take a look at this week in the national football league week nine let's start it in germany frankfurt germany for the miami dolphins and the kansas city chiefs the nfl couldn't have lucked out they're exposing another country another aspect of this international method for them and they're getting a gem of a game miami kansas city yeah, Seth, uh, what a game Germany is getting this week as uh, the Dolphins and Chiefs, Chiefs suit up in Frankfurt. Uh, you know, the London games, we're, we're used to them by now. They're 2-3 every year, but we don't get these kind of matchups in London. You get the Jaguars, you get the Falcons, you get the Titans. Usually you get a lot of teams that are are, are pretty okay with their, their home clubs uh, losing them for a week to London, but not in Germany. And boy, are they getting a good one. Uh, the Chiefs come into this one as ever so slight two and a half point favorites right now. And uh, the early money is uh, currently coming in on the Miami Dolphins uh, money line and point spread so far. Uh, No surprise as well that this one will have the largest betting total at the week at Bavada. And uh, again, I, I, 
I can't believe it's this early in the morning. I've got to run a half marathon on Sunday, but I'm going to be checking uh, my phone for the updates on this one. So after that, the early window, the Seattle Seahawks travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Great interconference game. The Seahawks coming away. They're playing their best football. But then again, so is Baltimore. Seth, Baltimore is looking really, really strong on both sides of the ball. Not only that, what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson this year, uh, throwing the ball uh, as well as he has consistently, he has not had to rely on his legs to, uh, you know, make up the yards down the field to scramble, to improvise as much. He has looked the comfiest in the pocket that I think I've seen in his career. Um, You know, the Baltimore defense is looking good. Special teams, obviously never a problem there. But how about the Seattle Seahawks and what Geno Smith and Pete Carroll are doing with that team? Coming into this game, they are only five and a half point uh, underdogs in this one, uh, which is kind of surprising uh, based on how well Baltimore has played this year. It really does speak that uh, Seattle is hanging with the teams this year. Looking at, uh, you know, the action uh, disparity, it's actually pretty split at 50-50 on this one. Over-under is also sitting at 43 right now at Bavada. And then the late window, the Cowboys, who have, when they win, they blow teams out. The Eagles have been sneaking away, but they're 7-1 and one and unbeaten at home. Cowboys-Eagles is another great matchup. Yeah, Seth, this is uh, this is really, really good. This is really, really tight. And I, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head a little bit and how the Cowboys win games. Uh, they win with their talent and they they blow you out and they can blow out a lot of great teams and they are good when that's all they need to do. Uh, what worries me is their ability to do well in tight games. And I think this is where coaching comes into uh, the equation here. And I think Mike McCarthy, he's a great X's nose coach. He's a very good prep during the week coach. I think when it comes to the day of the game itself, he frequently finds himself outmatched. So if I were to uh, rank these two teams up, I think Dallas, you give them the skill edge. Eagles, you give them the coaching edge. Give them a little bit of home field advantage in this one as well. And you've got your classic three-point favorite. That's what the Eagles are sitting at right now. Over-under is sitting at 46. It's the second highest over-under at Bavada this week. But uh, yeah, NFC East, uh, not just bragging rights, but playoff positioning on the line right here. We, we'll, we'll always highlight whatever the best games are. But sometimes, like last week's games, the best week's game couldn't hold a candle to this week's games. The NFL yeah. swings and misses, and they also swing and hit home runs. Yeah, and sometimes we get lucky, and the games that we didn't think were going to be any good at all uh, end That's up right. keeping us compelled. I, I can't believe how much of Jets Giants I watched last week. I, you know, that's I don't know if that's a sign of poor mental health or just uh, you know what I need to do to get through this job. But uh, you know, e even that had me compelled right until uh, the very last kick in overtime. I cannot believe the Giants blew that one, though. You know, if if Dable, you know, had one nerve left in his head, it's got to be shot after that game. To be perfectly honest with you, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to do anything that weekend. I just want to watch these games. Uh, I, I've been riveted. Um, some of these games, I had friends who covered the Jets-Giants game, and they were like, at least we didn't pay for this. And I'm thinking to myself, I know a lot of people that paid to go to this game. My brother-in-law went to that game. Oh, my God, that was some bad football. Yeah, it's. Uh, I continue to be fascinated each week with our – yeah, I guess each week we've had the Jets uh, four and three have been able to uh, somehow get by with uh, whatever it is that Zach Wilson is under center every week. I'll He's tell you, awesome. it's nothing impressive. It's, it's nothing impressive. 
he's brutal. He's he's terrible. He's terrible. And I just I wonder, you know, you look at the Devonte Adams comments about uh, the offense uh, that the Raiders are trotting out each week, and they got Jimmy G, and Jimmy G's not very good either. But he's way better than Zach Wilson. And I mean, if this team just wasn't luck boxing some of the wins that they pulled out of their, you know what. Um, I'd have to imagine the comments coming out of uh, New York regarding Zach Wilson would just be even more savage because, you know, he hasn't improved. He has not improved. Um, he hasn't, and his demeanor hasn't improved. It's just, uh, you know, at one point on Sunday, I think there was 12 or 14 punts in a row or something like that by either team, just something stupid like that. It's, and just like that was a game, you know, the Giants, you know, Tyrod Taylor. So the Giants are in their third QB in that game. And the Jets still needed to be bailed out at the end uh, just to uh, get another win. I, I don't know. I continue to be impressed by what they're able to do on the defensive side of the ball. But uh, Zach Wilson, he, he's got to be in a CFL jersey next year. I don't know what to say. I don't know, I don't know if he's good enough for the Montreal Alouettes now that I've uh, put that out there. I, and I wouldn't want to put that on them. I wouldn't want to put that on my adopted home city. <laughs> the Montreal Alouettes. Love it. The Montreal Alouettes. Anthony Calvillo. Hey, did you know that, uh, yes, uh, Monday, Monday was the North American sports equinox in that there was an NHL game, a Major League Baseball game, NBA game, and an NFL game. So for all four pro sports, it was equinox. And uh, apparently that's only happened 30 times prior. So uh, I don't know if someone was trying to promote a cross-sport parlay, that would have been a good day for it. But uh, I don't know. But anyways, yeah, that's a that's a sports betting uh, equinox uh, right there for North American uh, major top four. Wow, I did not that, that I didn't re- I didn't put two and two together. That's pretty awesome. Very cool. Yeah. It's my random fact of the day. Hey. That's all I got. We should get out while the while the getting's good. <laughs> Leave it on a high note. That'll do it for the podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care, folks.